Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Thursday, February 27th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. More content is coming to Stardew Valley. Today, February 27th, is Pokemon Day. Platinum Games is self-publishing its first game. Sanzaru is an Oculus studio now. And a few Ghost Recon Breakpoint updates have been delayed at the last second. Stardew Valley is getting another free content update. Stardew Valley creator Eric Baroni can't help himself from continuing to develop his mega-hit that has now sold well over 3 million copies, and announced recently that more is on the way. From the developer's at Concerned Ape account, Baroni tweeted, Thanks everyone for the Stardew Valley four-year anniversary wishes. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to another great year. Now that 1.4 is out on all intended platforms, I'd like to announce that there will be another free update, 1.5. It's currently in the works. That's all Baroni had to offer about the 1.5 update, so there are no details about exactly when it is coming or what the update will include. But he did say when someone on Twitter asked him about the potential of paid DLC, no plans for paid DLC or anything, but I do plan on creating and releasing more games in the future. Baroni worked on Stardew Valley alone, handling all facets of development for years before finally releasing the game in 2016. After finding success on PC, the game was ported to just about every platform available, and it has been consistently updated with new content ever since. In Jason Schreier's book Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which feature a chapter on the game's development, Baroni teased that he thinks the next game he wants to make will be about catching bugs, which implies a Pokemon inspiration. And hey, speaking of Pokemon, today is Pokemon Day. February 27th is Pokemon Day, as today is the day that Pokemon Red and Green released in Japan in 1996 for the Game Boy, making the game and the franchise officially 24 years old today. Perhaps the biggest news to come out of Pokemon Day is the reveal of Zarude, a new mythical Pokemon that is coming to Pokemon Sword and Shield soon. He's a black Pokemon with red eyes, and his arms are wrapped in thick green rings. It's a rogue monkey Pokemon, and his description on the Pokemon website reads, Zarude lives in a pack deep in the heart of dense forests. It treats anyone that isn't part of its pack with immediate hostility, attacking right away. This is why other Pokemon that live in the same forest are afraid of Zarude. When fighting, it swings around using trees and their branches, attacking relentlessly with its sharp claws or any other means it has. Its quick wit helps it excel in battles. As far as when Zarude will be coming to Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Pokemon Company only said that it's a Pokemon that can't be found through normal gameplay and that more information will be coming soon. Another thing revealed today for Pokemon Day was the results of a poll for the best Pokemon or I guess most popular Pokemon. Earlier this month, Pokemon and Google partnered up 
to have voting to figure out who the most popular Pokemon is. After registering more than 6 million votes, here's the top 10 list. Number 10 is Gengar. Number 9 is Gardevoir. Number 8 is Rayquaza. 7 is Garchomp. 6 is Sylveon. 5 is Umbreon. 4 is Charizard, which, frankly, I thought would have been a lot higher. Maybe number 1, but number 4, you know, nothing to complain about there. That's a good spot for Charizard. Number 3 is Mimikyu. Number 2 is Lucario. And the number one most popular Pokemon after 6 million votes over the course of a month is Greninja. My personal favorite Pokemon, Klefki, which is a Pokemon that is a ring of keys, unfortunately did not make the list. Platinum Games reveals Project GG. Platinum Games, the studio behind games like Bayonetta, Nier Automata, Metal Gear Rising, Revengeance, Vanquish, as well as a number of unexpected licensed games like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutants in Manhattan, Transformers Devastation, and a video game about the legend of Korra, announced a new game recently called Project GG, which is currently a codename for the project. The game is being directed by Hideki Kamiya and is being billed as the powerful climax to the Hideki Kamiya superhero trilogy. The first two parts of the trilogy being referenced there is Beautiful Joe and The Wonderful 101, the latter of which should be coming to Switch pretty soon. The teaser trailer for the game shows a city under attack by some kind of giant ambiguous monster, but then a man steps in front of a dog cowering in the face of the beast. He activates some kind of device on his wrist and then grows in size like Ultraman in order to face off against the creature. Along with the teaser, the game's director posted a letter on Platinum's website where he wrote, It's my honor today, at long last, to announce an all-new, all-original project from Platinum Games. In the 14 years since we founded this company, we've worked towards the dream of making and releasing a game based on a Platinum intellectual property. Now we're finally stepping up to that starting line. For all of its games up to this point, Platinum has only been the developer, but Project GG is the first game the studio will be self-publishing. Camille writes, as a creator, it's hard not to think of my games as my children. After all, it takes a lot of hard work to raise them up and a lot of love, too. However, once they're done, any choices about them are entirely out of my hands. So, for example, no matter how many times people tell me you should make a sequel to this game or I'd love to see it on that console, there's nothing I can do about it. Which brings us to Project GG. That's just a working title, by the way. Project GG is different. Unlike any of the games we've made so far, it's going to be 100% Platinum Games title. For everything from its setting and character to its game design and story to how it's promoted, Platinum Games is in full control. Of course, that has its downsides too. We'll be taking on new risks that we've never had to assume before as a contracted developer. Having full control over the Project GG IP gives us a ton of freedom, but also a ton of responsibility. Still, I think we can harness that sense of responsibility and turn it into motivation to make Project GG the best game it can be. Hideki Kamiya, is, uh, he's an impressive guy. He has an impressive history of work in the game industry. Along with being involved in all of Platinum's games at varying capacities, Kamiya was the planner on the first Resident Evil for PlayStation. He directed the first Devil May Cry. He also directed Okami, which is a personal favorite of mine. I love that game. With uh, He did that with Clover Studios. And then also with Clover, he directed Beautiful Joe. 
Beautiful Joe is actually referenced in the Project GG trailer when the words Project GG Agogo flashed on screen. I think this is great news for Platinum Games. They've they've always kind of, they're they're a great developer, but they do always seem like they are a little tied down by working on other people's IPs and stuff like that. So I think this has potential to be something really cool and they can make as many sequels to it as they want without waiting for someone to invest in them. So good on you, Platinum Games. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Facebook and Oculus purchase Sanzaru Games. Oculus has begun acquiring studios in the last few months, with the first big acquisition being Beat Games, the developers behind the fantastic and very best VR game for my money, Beat Saber. Developer Sanzaru joins Beat Games as a studio that is now owned by Oculus. In the VR world, Sanzaru has developed a handful of VR games, but its most notable release is Asgard's Wrath, a well-liked and fully featured fantasy RPG uh, for the virtual reality platform. On a blog announcing the acquisition, Oculus's director of content, Mike Verdu, writes, Sanzaro is a veteran game developer, having shipped titles to multiple platforms in the past, as well as a VR pioneer. They've created four titles for the Oculus platform since 2016, when they were the first developer to partner with the Oculus Studios team. They approach game design with three pillars in mind, great design, Beautiful art, including animation and audio, and strong tech. It is this foundation that enabled Sanzaro to build a game as rich as Asgard's Wrath, and it's a strong foundation they will continue to build upon as we all push VR forward. A few other questions are addressed in other parts of the blog, but there aren't many concrete details. Regarding if Sanzaro is developing games for Oculus Rift or Quest, Verdu only wrote that they're not ready to talk about future projects. Verdue also wrote that Sanzaru will continue to be an independently operated studio, which implies it may still release games on platforms other than just Oculus. When Oculus acquired Beat Games, it confirmed that the studio would continue to make games for other VR platforms. Finally, Verdue closed out the blog responding to a question if Oculus plans on acquiring any other studios, to which Verdue wrote, We're exploring many ways to accelerate VR, and 2020 is going to be an incredible year for VR game launches and announcements. We are thrilled to have Sanzaro joining our team. This is just one of the many amazing VR announcements we have in store this year. Sanzaro is an interesting studio that has a history of work related to other studios' IP. It ported games like the God of War collection to Vita, Secret Agent Clank to PS2, and it recently ported Spyro Reignited uh, Collection to Switch and PC. 
It also developed the Sly Collection, which collected the first three Sly Cooper games into one package for the PlayStation 3. And they also developed two generally well-liked Sonic Boom games for 3DS. My favorite San Zero game, however, is Sly Cooper Thieves in Time. After developing the Sly Collection, the studio was able to create a brand new fourth entry in the Sly Cooper series for PlayStation 3, and they did a great job. Considering the studio's history with Sly Cooper, Sonic, and Spyro, I hope its next project is some kind of VR platformer. Something to compete with Astrobot on PSVR, maybe. Ubisoft delays Ghost Recon Breakpoint's immersive mode. Earlier this year, Ubisoft shared that a new class, the Engineer class, and a new mode, Immersive Mode, were coming to Ghost Recon Breakpoint by the end of February, but those elements of the game have been delayed just prior to release. In a blog announcing the delay, the Ghost Recon team wrote, Our objective with the new Immersive Mode is to provide an impactful update to the game using your feedback as the foundation. The immersive mode is built upon the results of the community survey, your observations gathered by our community managers, and workshops with the Delta Company alongside extensive playtesting. We are in the process of creating an experience that will change the way you are able to play Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. The complexity of integrating this new mode has proven to be a challenge, and we want to ensure that the experience will be a great one when it releases. The immersive mode will still release this spring, We'll share more firm timing as soon as we are able. The Engineer class will be released alongside the Immersive Mode, and we are hoping to release Episode 2 with this title update as well. We understand that you have been requesting more transparent communication, and we aim to provide this whenever possible. There are a lot of moving parts in development, which has made locking in dates challenging, so we haven't been able to communicate as much as we would have liked. We apologize for that, and we'll be providing details on these upcoming additions starting early next month. Ghost Recon Wildlands was a huge hit for Ubisoft and seemed to even exceed expectations, but Breakpoint has been struggling since launch. Middling reviews, tempered excitement for the sequel, and delays on content like this certainly aren't helping its case. But alternatively, I appreciate Ubisoft trying its best to be transparent about delays, and I think when it comes down to it, the players who are excited about the additions are probably willing to wait for them to be better and well-integrated. That's it for video game news today. I am still playing Mega Man Zero, doing that Mega Man thing where you have to fight all the bosses you fought previously all in a row. There are eight bosses in all, and the first four were comparatively easier, and they were even easier when I revisited them, but the back four are tougher, so I'm struggling a bit. But, you know, I've come this far, so I can't not see the game to the end at this point that would be that would be ridiculous even with my need to beat Mega Man Zero I couldn't help but stray when I learned that Picto Quest the cursed grids for Nintendo Switch was on sale for $5.99 it's usually $9.99 it's a Picross game which I am an absolute sucker for and it has some light RPG elements related to completing Picross challenges so I mean it's basically a game designed explicitly for me if you're not familiar with Picross it's a style of number puzzle, but it's not really about doing math. It's more about counting. It has more in common with Sudoku, but you solve little logic puzzles to create pictures, and I just, I cannot get enough of it. I I think Nintendo knows it because it is constantly releasing Picross games or variations on Picross games all the time, and I I buy a lot of them, and I play a lot of them too. They're not just sitting on my hard drive. (laughs) 
my very early impressions uh, of this one in particular is very, very strong. Solving puzzles to do damage and challenging NPCs to see how quickly I can complete Picross challenges has just been super fun. I can see this game honestly becoming like a, a permanent go-to staple on my Switch. As always, I want your thoughts, questions, all that stuff. You can shoot me an email at the address kyle at ridehome.info. You can tweet at Kyle M. Hilliard, where my DMs are open. Or you can tweet a message to the show's account at Gaming Ride Home, which, by the way, I posted a poll there about whether or not you want to see reviews on future episodes, like the one I did yesterday for Kunai. And the reception has been positive, which is good. I would like to do more reviews, so... I don't know, maybe every other week or once a month or something, I'll try to get a review on the show. I'd also appreciate it if you would give the Gaming Ride Home podcast a review on the Apple podcast app or the Google podcast app. That always helps out the show. So thank you so much. I know you hear it on every podcast you listen to, but apparently it's true. It it is good for the show if you leave reviews. I also like to remind everyone that if you want to hear more from me talking about video games in a more long form setting, check out the Min Max show where former Game Informer folks, Ben Hans and Jeff Marquiafava, Soriel Vasquez, and I all get together and talk about video games. We're all very smart and very verbose. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. <laughs>